Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Already? Good evening. God bless every single one of you. And for you that don't know me, I think everybody does, but I am Pastor Abraham, and I am the South Tampa Campus Pastor. And I'm also the uh, evangelism um what do you call it leaders uh for the whole uh family of the TRB. anyways so today our class which is that if you have a journal it's your you take notes um but it's 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 we're just gonna speak about heaven honestly i'm gonna i god has really been speaking to me about um I've experienced heaven for a really long time. I've held back on my heaven encounters, or I share with people intimately. The Lord told me to bring my first journal and just kind of um, give a walkthrough of my encounter. So this is more like a, a experiential class. You have your math class, you have your reading class, and then you have your art class. So this is our class today. You know, we're just gonna allow God to just minister to us in a in a level of faith. I know that there's just been a lot of uh, hard times, a lot of struggles as to people experiencing loss. I've experienced loss in this last year. And two years ago, my friend, she lost her father and and it was a really hard time because I was there with her. Like we went to identify the body. So I went directly through that whole trauma and it was extremely painful. And in that situation, I began to sing. Like, I don't know, we're in the hospital room, I just started singing. It was so much pain that this song um, came out of me, and I just started singing, and the peace of God came into the room. And we experienced heaven in, in the room. And the nurse, One nurse was Michael, the other nurse was Angela, you know, and everything was just, like, really heavenly in, in itself. And they invited me to speak at the funeral, and that was really hard to see my friend weeping over her father's body. And I mean, I was shaking. It shook me really hard. And they invited me to preach. I showed up. But then I'm in the corner and I'm weeping. And I'm like, I don't think I should be doing this. God, this is too much. I'm so afraid. Like, this is my worst nightmare that my friend is living. And I'm supposed to speak. And I audibly heard the voice of God. And he says, you remember all those times I brought you to heaven? And I looked up. I said, Yeah. And he said, it's to comfort those that mourn. You know, and my whole perspective, my whole, oh, I want to experience, I want to experience, I want to experience, all of a sudden became purposeful. There's a reason why. There's everything we experience is not to make you feel good. It's not just to, like, blow you away. It blows you away. But the blowing away is just like Jeremiah said, you seduced me. It's a seduction of the Lord to have your heart, a wooing in. But when you go in and you start discovering this heavenly realm and you start discovering this glory that God has prepared for you, um, then you realize it's not just for you, but it's for all those that are mourning. You know, it's for those that are in, in, in bondage. Depression, you know, we always look at bondage as being uh, uh, a sexual addiction, being uh, uh, gluttony, lust, right? But depression is bondage. Anxiety is bondage. Hopelessness is bondage. And yet we get to see this 
beautiful thing. Your, your mind, your heart starts to perceive in a beauty that's like, I never thought like that before. So it seems a little bit crazy. But you know what was crazy was when I was drinking, smoking, sleeping around, when I was trying to find peace and I couldn't find peace. And all of a sudden, I said it last Sunday as I was ministering that some of us have been so used to bondage and so used to much pain and rejection and abuse that when we start tasting the goodness, then all of a sudden we think we're crazy. All of a sudden, then we think something's wrong. I've experienced the glory and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die. What is this? This is too intense. And God's like, no, you're living. And I'm like, no, only, only, only when you're going to die, you should be seeing this. Sense. Only when you die should you experience peace. Only when you're going to die can you experience joy. And then God's like, no, it's for now. Let my kingdom come. Let my will be done on earth as in heaven. It's not as in heaven as in earth. So we think, oh, we have to die. No, we already died. And now God is showing us the beauty. We die to our sinful nature. We die to our hate. We die to our unforgiveness. We die to the abuse. We die to the rejection. And then the Lord comes and he begins to provide this um, beauty. Thank you so much. I'm sorry. I literally forgot to take out the trash and I brought it with me. And uh, <laughs> Thank you so much. And um, yeah, I just had to get that. I love you. <laughs> And um, anyways, I, I recently had a friend, I, have, I had a few friends experiencing a lot of loss lately. And it shakes you to the core. And God keeps saying, comfort those that mourn. Keep looking to heaven. Keep looking to those moments that I brought intimacy with you. And today, I mean, the funny thing, I prayed for my friend. And I said, I promise I, if I hear of heaven, I'm going to, I'm going to call you. And then... A lady came to church, and she had this book with her, Revealing Heaven. And I, I immediately saw it, and I picked it up. You know when, I don't know if some of you noticed the little tokens when God says them, and you're like, that's kind of weird that's called that, because I was praying for God to reveal heaven. So I picked it up, and I opened it up to one page, and the joy hit me. And I know because I've experienced heaven, so reading somebody else's testimony, I'm like, I, I leave the building. Like, you might just see me, like, staring at the ceiling. I'm not there. <laughs> Sometimes I'm preaching and I'm not there. <laughs> and um, I just began to choose. I was like, I need to borrow this book. She goes, sure, go ahead. I've had it for two weeks. And I can't give it back because I keep reading the same chapter. <laughs> it's so good and it's so delicious. And I really want to, I pray for the people that are going to be here tonight. I know God's going to bring comfort. I know it. God says, I'm going to heal if you feel the presence of God, go. Go. Now, don't leave the room, but leave the room. <laughs> don't walk through that door, but walk through the door. And let him, let him touch you. If you feel the joy, you're not going to bother me if you laugh. You're not going to bother me if you weep. Because I really feel like God is going to heal and bring peace um, to all of you guys. Amen? And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little bit of the book. I'm paying attention to the time. But I need a timekeeper because when I leave to glory, I lose track of time. In glory, there is no time. So people that have God encounters, they're like, they forget about time completely. Because you're just like walking outside of time. And then you guys are over here like, uh, it's 10 hours later, bro. Come down. Um, and I brought my journal too because I really feel like sharing. I'm going to share a little bit of her story. But there's more power when you share your story. 
There is something that happens when you tell the world what God did for you. Even I told my mom, pray, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak at church about revealing heaven. And I was like, I feel like something's going to happen. She goes, oh, it's going to happen because you have experience. She goes, it's different when a, man, a person has an encounter and they speak from the pace of encounter. One thing is to read a book. Another thing is to be like, oh, I knew Martin Luther King or I read about Martin Luther King. You know, it's two different dynamics. You only get a little bit. Throughout history, Moses erased. Um, people don't share everything, but the people that get to know you intimately, they got something to say. And the way this lady speaks, she has something to say. And I'm just going to go right to the first page. Um because I'm only going to read a little bit, and then I'll share. I've read enough to just go right on it, but I really want to hear it and read it from her own words. Yeah. I had never heard of her. Well, I found out that I was swimming with, with Kimberly Martin like a few months ago, and she was telling me about it. I didn't even remember. And, and then, you know, I, I got blessed with this. And it says, when someone who has accepted Christ dies, and just first of all, we just we just pray, you know, that um, no fear, no shame, no insecurity, no depression, no anxiety. I just pray the joy of the Lord, the peace of God in this room, the peace of God in every single one of our lives. What we've been going through, I know it's been rough because I've been going through it. But even then, I've chosen to bless the Lord. I went on a walk and I was experiencing God. I was literally experiencing heaven as I was walking. And I'm like, okay, I got to be careful crossing the street. <laughs> I might think it's a chariot. <laughs> you know. Um, and I was really experiencing the glory of God today. And I just want to come in here with that same anointing, with that same presence. You could worship God in public. I did it today. I was walking down the street. I'm singing through neighborhoods. And I literally saw heaven just manifesting i literally i was walking in the street and all of a sudden i entered the streets of gold and they were singing the song i was listening to and everybody was dancing and celebrating and i just i just saw everybody dancing around the lord and i'm like laughing hysterically in the middle of the street luckily there was nobody there because they might call the cops on me <laughs> but um i don't it doesn't even matter because honestly it was beautiful. I saw the, even the butterflies, uh, even red dragonflies um, flying around me. And I was just like, whoa. I just saw everything coming together in the presence of the Lord. You know, we don't have to wait just to get to church on Sunday or to be in our prayer group to experience the glory. Even when you're alone, you're not alone because he's there with you and you can experience the goodness of God. Um, so, yes. So when someone who has accepted Christ dies, their spirit leaves their body and a transport of heaven or from heaven will be waiting with their guardian angels. And sometimes the Lord himself will be there. And even just there, I mean, it takes me to the book of Solomon, Song of Solomon. In the Passion Translation, it says it's marriage carriage, you know, and I'm just like, Lord, that would be awesome. You know, if, if we get to see. The Lord just pick us up like, you know, here we are suffering and then this beautiful marriage carriage is picking us up. I'm like, God, please, can it be that way? You know, <laughs> and 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 I know it is because God has shown me wonder. I know um, I know Elijah knows because he also got picked up on the marriage carriage, you know, <laughs> and, and and this is what God does. It's just so beautiful, so extraordinary, so supernatural. 
Um, after an amazing journey beyond the planets, solar system, and places yet undiscovered by human eyes, you will approach heaven. It will be the most brilliant and glorious place, which will cause all other beauty to fade from memory. So even we we go around, I love the beach, I love nature, but what our eyes see when we see heaven, when we see the goodness of God, it's already happening to me. I'm like looking at you, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> it's marvelous. I know on this side we suffer and we cry, we mourn, but and it's okay to cry, it's okay to mourn. It's very good and healthy to grieve, to mourn. But make sure you take a glance up there. Just let your imagination run wild. The Bible says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has even conceived the things that God has prepared for those that love him and walk according to his purposes. So even when we imagine, I feel like God shows us visions and he's like, well, I showed you now. I got to shift it. <laughs> you know, I feel like every time he takes me to glory, he's like, I'm not keeping it this way. I'm about to change it now because now you know. You know, and a lot of times I remember one time God took me to glory and he literally removed the memories from my head. He grabbed me and he pulled the memories out. I'm like, what are you doing? I, he's like, oh, no, you enjoying it? Well, you won't even remember these moments. I'm like, no, don't keep them. But he has an archive where he takes these memories. He puts them there. A lot of you think you don't dream of heaven. A lot of you think you don't encounter glory. Wait until you get there. You're going to be like, so this whole time. I was dreaming, and then I wake up like, I don't remember my dreams. Exactly. <laughs> That's what he does. He just takes them out and puts them in this archive. But the beauty that they're there, and every time we go back, it's like, oh, I remember where I left off. <laughs> you know, let's continue. You know, that's how good he is. And that even takes me, when I backslid and I was hurt by religion, I walked away. I wanted God's glory. And the places I was in, they didn't get that stuff. And... um. But in, in my dreams, the Lord would come and speak, and he would say, Abraham, he said, um, when you come back, you're not going to start over. You're going to continue where you left off. And I would scream, I'm never going back, because I was thinking about religion. Like, he's just going to bring me back to this church system? No, you're a tyrant. I don't want to do this. And he says, I'm the Lord. And I said, when you come back, you will not start over, Right? You will continue where you left off. But because I was thinking he was calling me to religion, I forgot all the prayers that I had prayed even all those years before. So all those years before, I used to be like, I used to be 21, 22 years old. I used to go home, get in my living room. I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. Everybody in church is having church, and I'm in my house like, I need to see your glory. I want to see your glory. And I will fast and pray because I want to see the glory. I want to see the glory. And then I go through what I go through many years later. I didn't backslide like, oh, I fell into sin. Let me walk. No, I made a conscious decision. I am not going to be part of the church. I'm not going to be part of hypocritical religions. I'm walking away. It was conscious decision. And I walked away. I was like, I'm done. But God wasn't done. And he remembered those prayers, the prayers that I prayed even before God remembered I remember one time when God took me to heaven, I really wanted to stay. Every single time I want to stay. Um, and I was like, Lord, Lord, I want to stay. And, and it, was a, it was like the universe, and then it was just a golden path. And we were standing there. And he goes, I can't keep you here yet. 
And I was like, but why? And imagine I'm not a grown man when I'm in the presence of God. I'm like a four-year-old or something. I'm just like, I need to stay with you, please. But he's really big anyways. And he goes, I can't. I need to honor your parents' prayers. And he reached out. It was like the universe, but there, there's like no dimension. And he just reached out. He picked a star. He just grabbed the star, and he put the star next to my ear. And he said, listen, this is your father and your mother's prayers. And I heard my mom and my dad's voice throughout their life praying for me. God, give them a long life. Lord, bless them. Lord, bless them. Give them a long life. Give them a long life. That was their constant prayer over my life. Them praying over me. And then he put it right back like that. He goes, I need to honor their prayers so I, I can't keep you. And I'm like, okay, that was really beautiful. <laughs> you know? My parents literally wept. So I just want to tell you parents, you family members that are praying for loved ones, your prayers are before the Lord. Your prayers are there. He has a whole collection. They look like stars, though. It's like walking not into a library. It's like walking into the universe and just grabbing a star and listening to it. And the, the prayers are recorded there. So be encouraged. See, this is what he's meant by comfort those that mourn. If you're a mom, if you're a dad, if you're a friend, if you, you've been praying for somebody, you've been praying for your friend, you've been asking God, help them, God save them, know that your prayers are before the Lord. Amen? And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to continue because I keep it like point, point. I'll start bouncing around. But, yeah, so when Jesus came and met me on January 7, 2011, he, uh, he, he showed up in my room. I was packing. I was away. I was out of church for two and a half years. And he uh, just showed up. My whole room lit up. It, it, it felt like I had been fasting for revival for 40 days. And I was in sin. I was away from God. I was in brokenness. But this glory encounter was like, I remember being in church for 40 days and like having a glory experience. I didn't do none of that. I was in sin. I was away from God. No church, no nothing. Two and a half years. And then, whoo, that day, January 7, 2011. But there were prayers. There were prayers that I prayed for myself. And even that's to encourage some of you. If you feel like you're not praying as much as you used to. If you're, oh, I'm not seeking like I used to seek. Because we all shame ourselves for that. Well, I'm not praying like when in 1996 and I was in youth group. Oh, my God, did I pray then, you know. Trust me, you pray better now. Because you've grown. You're seasoned in the ways of the Lord. and But we did that. But I didn't realize that those prayers were still working for me. Even though I backslid, even though I made a conscious decision to walk away from God, those prayers were still before the throne of God. And he's like, oh, no, now's the time. Those, you're sowing seeds in your prayers that you might not see an answer for another 10, 20 years. But when you see it, you're going to be like, oh, my God, that's... That's what happens. Some of us are in ministry right now, and some of us are walking in the will of God because prayers we did 20 years ago. Not just our parents, but even us when we were hungry and we're seeking. I mean, I'm hungry, but I went through a season where I lost my hunger. Or not even my hunger. I just got tired of religion because I always loved God. I always did love the, uh, the presence and glory of the Lord. I was just tired of, of religion. But anyways, it's not about religion. It's about heaven. And... She says, it will be, okay, so when you first arrive, angels will be everywhere. And the splendor of it all will stun you to the point that you think you're walking in a dream. 
you pass over by a flower bed and some of them sus possibly suspended in air and they begin to sing to you as they change into colors that do not exist on earth that's awesome right just the thought of it is like whoa and they sing I've been telling people, I was like, look, the trees clap their hands, the flowers sing their songs, and the rocks cry out. They were like, what do you mean? I was like, where do you get there? I don't know how to explain it, but everything in heaven is alive. Nothing is like, like, these, well, that, is this even a real plant? No, okay, so the other plants. But, <laughs> but plants, they're not just atom and objects. Birds, creation, it, everything's alive. And, and as God took me to glory and showed me all these things that are, you'll probably see a happy son, I promise you. You'll be like, there's a happy son in heaven? I've seen it. It was like the face of a baby, like in Teletubbies. I kid you not. I was like, what? No way. <laughs> like, but the Lord showed me the wind, everything, the ocean, everything that we just see as objects here. Everything is a child of God. The earth is a child of God. The stars are a child of God. We don't see that. We only think that humans are the children of God. No. Everything's a child of God. We were just the, we were the child. We were the last because he created everything first. He put it, the last child he put in charge of all. That's what he did, you know, but the animal, all of that is God's children. Hail. And if you don't believe me, you don't have to believe me. Go to the book of, uh, um, the book of Job. Read Job 38, read Job 39. When Job was going through his trial, you see, Job was a good man. But it wasn't until he went through his trial. He was faithful, but he didn't know God. He knew of God, but he didn't know God. He had heard of God, but he had never seen God. And when he went through the trial, when he went through the storm, he saw God. He had a face-to-face -face conversation with God. You got to read it animated because some people just read it like, where were you when I created? That's not God's tone, first of all. He's a lover. He's a loving dad. He's always teaching us. God's not mad. If God was mad, we'll be dead. I'll be the first one. I would have been gone a long time ago. God's not mad. God is hopeful. God is joyful. God is delighted with his children. He wants humanity to wake up from the slumber and to see who he really is. The Bible, you know, the, you know one day we're going to get to heaven. And we're going to get the Bible from God's point of view. <laughs> Think about that. We've only been reading the Bible from the perspective of the rebellious ones. Mm. See, because they kill the prophets, but they stay with the books. <laughs> so they put their tone on the book. But they kill the prophets. The prophets were good. Moses was good. I tell you in my church, don't ever let me walk in here after we brought the glory. And I get into my church and there's a big golden calf. Get ready. I'll walk in here. If there's ever a golden calf on that altar, you better run. You better run because I might lose it. I might call the wrath of God too. He might. It, it wasn't God. The man got hurt. The man got angry. Imagine I'm coming from the glory mountaintop. Guys, I have the laws of heaven. What are you doing? You know. <laughs> you know, he's so. it's happened to me before. <laughs> I mean, you teach people, you're raising people in the ways of God, and then all of a sudden, they come up with some junk. Yeah. And you're like, what in the world is going on right now? You know, praise God for that Holy Ghost. Say, er, turn it down. Don't curse them because you're like, er. 
poor Moses. <laughs> but Moses made it. Moses made it. When 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 Moses when Jesus went up to the Mount of Transfiguration, right? Well, the Mount was not the Mount of Transfiguration. <laughs> Jesus transfigured on the Mount, which all what happened was the veil was open. That's really it. Like they're they're hanging out with Jesus. Jesus is like, let me show you who I am. They're like, ah. Let's just bow down and worship. Let's make temples. He's like, no, we don't need all that. Why would Jesus not want all these temples built right there? You ever thought of that? Because in heaven, in the book of Revelation, in heaven, guys, if you didn't know this, there is no temple. This is going to be done. (laughs) I can't wait. I've been telling people, I was like, there's no church in heaven, guys. People were like, what? Are we not going to, like, worship all the time in church? I was like, we're going to worship in the park and in the streets and in the beach. We're free. And that's what God is trying to tell us. Sometimes we're like, well, I'm not going to pray until I'm in church. I'm not going to fast until I'm in church. I'm not going to do this until I'm in church. And God's like, I'm giving you heaven now. Experience what freedom looks like. doesn't mean don't come to church. It means be church in church and be church outside church. Worship in church and worship outside church. Experience glory. Speak in tongues in church. But walk down the street and speak in tongues. You could go through Walmart. I mean, don't make it so loud where you freak people out. You know, don't fall out because they're going to take you having a a stroke or a seizure. You could lay hands. If you know how to do it, we are undercover ninjas for Jesus. We see the kingdom of heaven. People think I'm a good evangelist. I don't think I'm a good evangelist because on earth we got to put every titles for everything. I'm a child that's in love with his father. I've seen a goodness that I can't. Anywhere I go, I got to talk about heaven. Anywhere I go, I got to talk about the glory of God because I know the word of God. I know the Bible's real. I know what these people are writing. What I'm writing is real and it's beautiful. And God's prepared something that, again, we still cannot even imagine. As many prophets are seeing it, we're still like, can it really be that good? No, it's better than that. Think of heaven right now and how good it is. Just have a beautiful thought. You you have permission to have a beautiful thought right now. Of the best thing. It could be your, your dad. It could be your mom that you're hugging them. And it's uh, uh, mosaic seagulls flying around you. It could be flying turtles, unicorns. Think of something that beautiful. Right? Think about it. You got it? Everybody got it? Heaven is better than that thought right now. It's better. Think of the best moment you ever had in your life. The moment you felt so much joy, so much peace. You felt so much love. Heaven is better than that. It is too good. It's true. It's not too good to be true. It's too good. It's true. But these minds can't, these minds explode when we start thinking of that goodness. The fact that we'll never hurt again. The fact that we'll never cry again. It's almost like, I mean, I'm used to good times, but then I prepare myself because I know when I'm going through a good time, something hard is about to come. But the fact of the matter, heaven, heaven is from glory to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory. And I'll stop there because I could keep going to glory and, and never stop because it's going to just be, we're going to be leveling up. I just literally was getting here and a man walked by me and he had like a Nintendo controller on his shirt and he says, don't get old, level up. And I was like, yes, come on. <laughs> That's me right there. I'm not going to get old. I'm leveling up. Amen. But I'm still going to have the heart of a child more than ever. 
More than the healing of God has opened my eyes. You're talking about the guy that was in the club, the guy that was in the streets, the guy that was sleeping his sorrows away, drinking his sorrows away, doing crazy perverse things. And then all of a sudden, an encounter with the love of God. It's like, do you get tempted? You get tempted, but if you fall into temptation, you're miserable. Because you know, it's like, ugh, why did I do that? Why did I have those thoughts? Why did I go there? It's, uh, all I want is just the gardens. All I want is the sea of glass. I, I mean, I remember the first time God took me. We were in a prayer group and, and God took me. We were praying and I instantly, from praying together in a room, I went. Whoop, and I was instantly in a river. And it was made of diamonds. I always thought growing up, you know, you read about the sea of glass. I thought it was like a mirror, like a big solid glass. And I'm like, well, how are we going to touch the fishes? How are we going to get in if it's made of glass, right? Like I couldn't imagine or perceive what it was. And that experience, I went, and I left the prayer group. I mean, they're looking at me, and I'm over here like, here's the rivers, you know. But I didn't know. For me, I, w I left the house, and I was there. That's all that mattered. And it was a river, and it had so many diamonds flowing in the river. Like, you know when water is um, kind of freezing and it has the little icicles? And it was like that, like little diamond icicles all coming, but they sparkled. And when I looked, so it was coming this way, and I went, and I was just in the river. I'm like, I'm in a river. I'm in a river. And like, I remember it was so chilly but not cold. It was like, ooh, it's good, right? It was just, I don't know how to explain it. It was like when, you, when you're really thirsty and you drink a cup of really cold water and you feel the, the water run right here. You ever had that happen to you? And it just like tickles. It was like that, but the rivers were going this way. And then they were not, you know, if you go naturally to a river, it, it flows towards you and around you, right? But here it was flowing towards me and through me. And it will refresh my innermost being. And I was slowly, <laughs> just dip in it. This is all I did for a really long time. I didn't even have to baptize myself. The day I got baptized in that river, I was like, ah, screaming. I thought I was going to drown, and then I was breathing the water. But it was just like shining, shimmering, and the, the, the sparkles of the diamonds tickled. When the light hit the sparkle, the diamonds, they sparkled, the sparkles tickled. And you laugh. And then the Lord said, look at the city. And I remember this city and a river flowing. Like, I feel like our feet are always going to be wet. Because I, I, it's this waterfall. I saw this beautiful golden city. And there's a mountain behind it. And the waterfall rains into the city. And then flows out of the city like a river. And I was just like, oh, my God. We're going to, like, dance in the rain always. You know? Like, splish, splash. You know? Um, but And then I came back. And other people in church are looking at me like, and I'm on the floor. I was like, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I opened my eyes. I'm like, and they're like, oh, my God, dude, everything you just said. And I'm like, what just happened? I was like, guys, I, I wasn't here. I left. And they're like, no, you were here the whole time. I was like, no, I promise. I wasn't here. I was in a, and describe the whole thing I just described to you. And that's how it works. God will just literally transport your mind. Like your consciousness, he'll take it there. I've seen people in transits. It's so much fun. I'm really praying. I'm like, God, I know some churches are not ready for the transits. But we need, I got videos. If you ever want to come over, I'll show you some videos. But get ready. You're going to get drunk. You're going to get drunk. Because when people get captivated into these transits, it's like you see them like all mopey and sad going through their battles. And then you see when their joy hits them. 
And I, there was this guy, um, his name is Matthew. He was in my old church, and the power of God came upon him. He was being delivered. And even, I have the video, you could see the sorrow and the grief and the pain coming out of him. Two days before, I had a vision of him, and he was like this. And, and I saw the finger of God come down, and he was just tickling him. Like, when you tickle a baby, tickle, tickle, tickle. But it was like a giant finger. And I was laughing, and I drew it. When I drew it, and this was the scary part about my art, like, it would come to pass. I would draw it, and then, like, a few days later, it'll happen. And it scared me. I'm like, but I drew it. How did that just happen? And we were in this prayer meeting. He gets delivered. And all of a sudden, he's just like, ooh, and me and my sister, my sister's a seer. She has prophetic eyes. We both, we're like, he was in the sofa, and we're like, I saw when his spirit took off, like, the little boy with E.T. on his bike. He's riding, riding, and then he just takes off. Like, this guy just literally, his spirit took out. He's still there in the natural realm. But even, but when you watch the video and you see his acting, I mean, that's superb acting. I'm like, you want amazing acting? Not that they're faking it, but you want to see an amazing actor get somebody hit with a trans because they are there. They're not like, oh, I see the glory. No, they're like, oh, my God, I'm here. And they're like running around and they're dancing in the songs that they begin to sing. You just, all you could do is laugh because it's like, where did that just come out of? And he was dancing like this. And he was in a, he was literally in a, in a symphony of laughter. And he was singing. He just starts singing, I was this, I was that, da 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 And he's just like, but now you have touched my heart. And he's just singing. He's shouting. He goes, I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And he starts singing this song. But he looked like he was in a, in a magical parade. And then he's going like this, and he's singing. And I'm like... Dude, you're in a parade. He doesn't even know. I'm like, he's in a parade. I look at my sister. She's like, he's in the parade of glory right now. He's just marching. And then he's like, ha, 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 And then we're all just laughing. But he was literally conducting a symphony of laughter. And I'm like, he's there. I know I've been there before. So I'm like, oh, my God, he really is there. And he's just laughing and prophesying and skipping and dancing. And he's on the floor. But even on the floor, he's moving like he's standing up and he's like in this beautiful place just celebrating. I've seen my own mom in the kitchen, right, Frankie? Fall out. A prophet came to my house and my parents are like, oh, that joy stuff is weird, blah, blah, blah. My mom ends up like holding the refrigerator, laughing on the floor. And my dad's like, what's going on with her? I'm like, glory. <laughs> she's being touched with the joy of heaven because she's gone through so much suffering just two weeks ago. She was in the hospital, and she was weeping. She, I was with her, and she was like, I can't do this no more. I'm tired. It's been, she went through cancer. She's like, I'm tired. It's been eight years. Got healed her, but she has all the side effects of radiation and chemo, and it's a painful journey. She's, she was talking like she wanted to die. I don't know where the nurse and the registration guy in the room, and she's like, hey, I'm like, everybody just stopped, looks at her. I'm like, Mommy, you Okay. She's like, ah, ha, ha. She just gets hits with the joy, starts speaking in tongues, like Pentecostal, Spanish, Holy Ghost tongues, right? <laughs> she was having church out of nowhere. It went like this. She's like, oh, la, 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 la. And she's like, Jesus, you're here. Oh, you're holding me in your hands. And when people have a trance, they dis they're literally describing everything. They're saying it as it's happening. Because when I've been to heaven, I remember it's, I, I always compare it to like Dora the Explorer. 
because she's like she's almost like a little character, and things are happening, right? And it's like an author is narrating. She's like, and Dora is walking down the woods. And you see Dora walking down the woods. And monkey jumps on her back. And then the monkey jumps on her back. When you go to heaven, you hear, I hear a voice. And he's like, let the sun rise. And I'm like, no! What? He's like, let the birds sing. And then they start singing. And everything he says just starts happening. You're like, what is this? Like, this is amazing. And when God... And this is why everything that comes out of God's mouth and it's time and it's season is going to come to pass. If God said you're blessed, you're blessed. And that's why he said you're blessed. So you're blessed coming in and you're blessed coming out. You're blessed in the top and you're blessed in the bottom. And you're blessed anywhere you go, you're blessed. Because it's been decreed from the beginning. I remember one time in 2012, and I'm telling you, this is just open-ended. There was no teaching prepared. I knew I was going to speak about heaven, but wherever God takes me, that's where we're going. There's many streams and channels in heaven. I remember my house one time got ripped off the ceiling. And I saw the Lord in his throne at the beginning of time speaking the word that was meeting me at that moment. And it was like a shooting star. But it had been spoken from the beginning. But it manifested at the moment. He knew that was the day, the time that that was going to go bing. Every time. When a prophet speaks to you, when a prophet prophesies, that word is not coming from heaven right now. It's meeting you right now. But it was spoken in the beginning. And I was in my living room, and I kept looking that way, and it was the beginning. And then I looked that way, and it was the end. And I was, like, literally walking on this platform, probably the size of this rug. And I'm like, this is the beginning, and this is the end? And the Lord was just walking back and forth. And I'm just like, how? They're not going to believe this. But it was in, in a heavenly place, in a heavenly realm, to the point that that day, even at that moment, it was funny. My friends were watching Nemo in the middle of Nemo. I get caught in glory, right? It was hilarious. <laughs> so we had a projector screen here. I'm standing in front of the TV, like I'm having a God encounter. They're like, what is he doing? Why is he staring to the walls? I literally was walking up to the wall, and I'm like, oh, I see my best friend. He's in the car. Let me call him. They're like, what? What, what do you mean? I was like, I see him. He's in the car. And he was in his house. I was in, I was in Brandon. He lived in, River, in Apollo Beach. And I knew, I'm staring at the wall, but I saw the exit he was on. And then I called him. I was like, why are you worried? He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm in the car with you. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I know, Chris. I know you think I'm on the phone, but I'm in the car with you. You're on this exit. He was like, what the heck is going on? I'm scared. <laughs> I was like, bro, I, I'm happy. I'm happy, you know, because you're in the glory of God. And me and Jesus, were, I was sitting on Jesus' lap in his passenger side. And I'm like, I promise I'm not, I'm not in the house. What do you mean you're not in the house? So, so, so where are you? I'm in the car with you. What do you mean? What are you talking about? I'm like, bro, you're in this exit on I-75, and it's okay. God sees you. They're like, but how did you know that that was the exit? I'm telling you, I was in the car with you. People always trying to figure out, but how did you know that? I was like, because Jesus just told me. No, no, but real, like for real. Like, how did you know that I was praying that right now? I'm like, because Jesus came into my room. He told me to call you and to tell you what he saw, and that's all I'm doing. <laughs> but, like, but did you see me? I'm like, no, I did not see you. Jesus saw you. <laughs> you know? It's sometimes hard to explain because people can't process the fact that God is really watching, that God sees. God is like this. We're all living life right there. Like we think we're in this room. We're not in this room. You really think you're sitting in a room? You're in the hand of God. <laughs> this is open, and he's looking at us like this. I promise you. <laughs> Too many people just can't handle it. They're like, ugh. 
<laughs> I just can't. I got to go to heaven now. Stay there, you know. Some have to come back. But the reality, he's, we've been living life right there. Everything we've gone through. That's why he says, you are in the palm of my hand and no one will snatch you away. Not height. See, if, if he lifts up his hands, height or death. Angels or demons, nothing, nothing. Look, and we're there. Nothing can ever separate you from my love. He goes, I got you. And we still don't understand that. It's too hard for us to understand that. When all this passes away, I think Frankie knows we're in the garden, right? We're in the garden. We're in the garden. Trust me, we're in the garden right now. This is open heaven even now. It looks like natural, but it's not. The sun is shining in. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I'm not even playing. That's not even there because it's coincidence. I mean, you think she's just wearing that shirt because? No. She's an arrow in the hands of the Lord. And all your descendants are arrows. I'm telling you, you're the bow. You started as an arrow, but God took you and he transformed the bow. He transformed the arrow into a bow. Because you were launched. You were launched as an arrow. And then he transformed you into that bow. And he gave you your own bows. And even though you're afraid to let go, the Lord says, let them go. Because I got them. I'm going to point them in the right direction. And they're not going to miss the mark. They're going to hit the mark. Boing. The mark is love. And it's going to hit right on point. I promise. And the Lord says, I'm faithful to my word. I gave them to you, so don't fear. I'm holding you. I'm collecting your tears. Look, you were crying by your bed, and the angels, there's a line of angels. Gather the tears. Gather the tears. And they're just coming and going, and they're coming and going, gathering tears. But you just see what's waiting for you. <laughs> when you leave this world, you're going to be like, he's going to be like, you see all that? Those are your tears. You needed things to squeeze you because your tears have so much worth in eternity. They're more precious than diamonds. So that's what he's been doing. <laughs> I told you he took me. <laughs> and then you just you just flow away. There's so many streams. I remember when um I got, this one time God took me to a pond and we went fishing. And you could go to this pond and you go fishing for songs. I promise. And I, I caught a song. And this is a song. Let's go fishing for a song. A new song to sing unto the Lord. I want to sing a new song. A new song to the Lord. I want to sing a new song. A new song to the Lord. He does. I used to always go fishing there. Just get tongue. I have crazy recordings. I'll just be like, they'll never believe me, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm telling you. I t he gave me all the details. I have Broadway shows, ideas, movies, and he's like, one day. You just, you, I'm waiting for the time for all the things to fall into place, but I know because that's what he showed me. It's the best place ever, and I'm, talking, I'm keeping track of time. I think I'm good with enough for her book. Let's go to my stories. <laughs> you want to know her stories? Gigi bought her book. She got to express the next day. Talk to Gigi. <laughs> Talk to Gigi. She'll teach you how to get that book. But I really highly recommend this book. I highly recommend even when you leave tonight, go just listen to her audio. 
Just sit back and like close your eyes and laugh. You cat cur. Cat cur. We're gonna see if we bring her. Because this it's just it's so delightful. There's a lot of things that I've experienced with God that I never said to people because I felt like, nah, it's just too crazy. And I feel like so much permission. Listening to her, I feel permission to release. This is the first time ever. This is my book, and this is me in glory. <laughs> All of them is me. <laughs> so like, um, and these are some of my, my glory encounters. I'm going to just skip through and read to you guys moments that I have with God. And I used to first write, and then the Lord told me to, to just draw. This is when I saw, like, the tree of life. And I would just draw it. Again, it's my own art, my own form of expression. Exactly, Frankie. You get it. <laughs> We're literally giving a class under the tree right now. If you don't believe me, look to that way. <laughs> and that's Frankie hanging out. So I'm going to go just to the beginning. And I wanted to even show you this page. Um, this was a drawing that I did um, years ago. This was one of my, my first drawing in this book. And this book was given to me in 2015, right? And I used to cry because when God took me to the glory in 2011, he told me the next day he goes, um, I'm Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, the first and the last. And you, you will draw. And I was like, I done messed up her something wrong. And the Lord says, you're going to draw. And I'm like, but I draw ugly. I don't know how to draw. And the Lord says, I'm going to teach you. So I started drawing, sketching, erasing, and sketching. And then the Lord would tell me to write the, the even the colors. I'm like, I'm never going to remember all this. He said, just remember the colors. As you see it, I'm going to teach you what art looks like. So I would write yellow, black, gold, dark blue. Like I knew what I saw. But I never knew how this was going to become anything better than that because I didn't know how to draw. I haven't gone to school or anything like that for, for art. But I just want to show you one digital art. But I really feel like a lot of people see my digital art because I've learned through the years. But I'm just going to show that one. But I really want to focus on just the first ones that I still haven't remastered. I'm going to redo these one day. And... um. And this one reminds me of a testimony that even she speaks about in that book. She says that when you sing, in the natural realm you're singing, but in the spirit realm, um, ribbons, beautiful ribbons are coming out of your mouth. And they create a beautiful weave, a tapestry that goes into your um, um, a gallery of praise. We all in heaven have a gallery of praise. Um, and all that we do for God and things that we do for God that we didn't know we do for God are being collected in the tapestry of praise. And she says they're, they're, they're put there. But the ribbon, she also said in heaven, when you were, you could be anywhere in heaven. And the moment you begin to sing and worship, like you, like the worship comes around you and it elevates you and it takes you directly to the throne room. So you could be doing whatever, but the moment you get caught up in that worship, you're like, Whoosh. I'm like, Am I always going to be flying? You know, like I was like, but if everybody worships in heaven all the time, like, are we just going to be transporting like constantly? 
<laughs> right? But um, so this is, I just, I'm showing you this because I want to encourage you in your gift. I know you think you're not that good at something right now. You might think like it's not going to develop. Trust God. If God gave you this gift, God will make sure you develop and you you just got to practice. You got to keep doing it. You got to believe in the word that Papa gave you. You, every single one of you, not one person in this room is talentless. You're talentful. You have so many talents. And because of the curses, because of the discouragement of people in our lives, sometimes our own family members, they spoke in discouragement and it's held us back until today. Because today is over. You have to step in your gifts. Since you were a child, there were things you loved. And it might be silly. It might be like, but I like baking cupcakes. How can cupcakes change the kingdom, can I tell you? <laughs> what do you can do with cupcakes? I see talents as a point of contact. You could make cupcakes for the homeless and take them beautiful cupcakes. They're gonna, the first question they're going to ask you is, why are you giving me this so beautiful? And then you could tell them why. You could tell them how they're just as beautiful as that cupcake. You could tell them about tasting God and seeing how good God is. You could taste, tell them about the sweetness of the word of God. There's so much you could do with a cupcake. It just, you just need to shift your perception. Some of you like to sing, dance. So, there's so many different talents. Hug, hugging is a talent. It's one of my talents, but it's a talent. <laughs> I tell you, I experienced the glory through a hug. And people have experienced glory through the hugs that God gave me. I give to people. When I was in Bible college, a lady was like, oh, my God, I feel your glory every time I hug you. She said, she gave me an acronym for uh, my hugs. She said, hug his unconditional glory. You know, I was like, ooh, fire. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I used to get in trouble in Bible school because in the Bible school I went to, you couldn't release the anointing. You're releasing the anointing. I'm like, what? <laughs> the students are falling out because of you. No, they're not. They're falling out because of the Holy Ghost. Why are you trying to give me a glory that doesn't belong to me? <laughs> I went through it. Jesus. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> um, this, that was the before, right? I show you the black and white and everything, but this is what it became. Through digital art. Right? And it's going to get better. Because I'm learning dimensions now. And those already look kind of 3D. But it's going to get better. I'm just, One day you're going to look at this and fall in it. But like, whoa. You know? <laughs> because but I used to be like, God, but how am I going to get the first heaven, second heaven, and third heaven in a drawing? Ta-da. There you go. If you have questions, I'll tell you. See, that ribbon is the worship. When I read her book, I was like, oh, my God, is my drawing. Because she said ribbons come out of your mouth and then the worship elevates you like a little whirlwind and it takes you up to his throne. Anytime that you are going through something, when you feel weak, worship. Worship. She even said first heaven, second heaven, third heaven. We live in the first heaven, the demonic forces on the second heaven, and God's glory is in the third heaven, right? So the enemy's always intervening. He's always getting in the way, trying to stop us. She said, when you worship, your worship has to go through the second heaven first. And it's like earthquakes. The enemy has established his kingdom in the second heaven. So from the first heaven, we're trying to get to the third heaven. So when you're worshiping, your worship is shaking the foundations of hell. Mm -hmm. 
telling you. She said it's like cannonballs and missiles piercing the enemy's camp to get to God. And when you are worshiping in the middle of your trial, when you are worshiping in the middle of your suffering, that's like an atomic bomb. She even said it. This is really powerful. It's not in the book, but I heard it in one of the recordings. She said that she God took her to the kingdom of the enemy. And he has a kingdom. He has a castle and a moat that is filled of, of filthy water. But the, the kingdom of God is filled with the joyful rivers, right? There is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. That's what it does. But the enemy is building his empire too. So you know when he gets us mad and all of a sudden we curse somebody? We build a brick in the enemy's camp. That's why she says so important not to curse. People are going to, the enemy's trying to make you curse because he knows that you have creation in your mouth. So if you curse, you're building up his kingdom. But if you bless, you're building God's kingdom. So that's why God wants you to walk according to the fruits of the spirit. Like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness, faithfulness and a sound mind. Because when you release that way, that's why Jesus says, hey, bless your enemies. He's not like, you better bless your enemies or I'm going to send you to hell. That's the voice of the devil using God's word. The Lord says, hey, I have a suggestion. Bless them when they curse you. Pray for those that come against you. Hey, before you give me an offering... Hey, you see your brother over there? He's mad at you. See, it didn't say if you have something against your brother, go repent. No, if you know your brother has something against you, there's grace for that. There's grace to love the people that wounded you. There's grace to love the people that broke you. There is a grace that if the church was to step in that place, there wouldn't be church divisions. Because we'll go into our old churches. I went to my old churches. I saw my old pastors weep and repent. But guess who asks for forgiveness? Forgiveness makes a way for repentance. We think repentance makes a way for forgiveness. It's the other way around. Forgiveness. You could go to your enemy and be like, hey, I'm sorry for hurting you. The people that messed you up. Do you know what their reaction is going to be? I've experienced this so much I could tell you. I'll, I'll just give you the whole demonstration. What do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, no, we, we should be the ones asking you for forgiveness. What's going on? I'm like, it's okay. It took you too long, bro. It took you too long. Pride's been holding you. Shame has been holding you. You know, just like shame was holding me. But God revealed this story to me. So I'm here. Letting you know that it doesn't matter if you hurt me or if I hurt you. You're my brother in heaven. You're my best friend. The pastors that hurt me, I went. It took me 10 years because I did not have this revelation. It took 10 years. It took squeezing. It took squeezing for me to have the revelation of forgiveness. And the very pastor that shamed me from an altar, the church was packed. They, pulled, they humiliated me. My eyelids have never been so swollen like that day. And it took 10 years for God to heal me. And then God had me a dream, show me a dream. I was in heaven with that pastor. And we were sitting on this beautiful mountain. And we were like this, hugging and singing to the Lord like best friends. And all of a sudden, we slip from the mountain and we start falling, 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 falling. He's falling that way and I'm falling that way. When we finally fell on earth, he was all the way over there. I was all the way over there. And we were mangled in broken pieces like a crash dummy. Bloody, dirty, broken. I jumped out of my bed, so scared from that dream. I got up, and the voice of God came into my dream. And the Lord says, 
when you were here, I was like, here where? He's like, when you were here. What, what do you mean I was here? He goes, you used to be here. What do you mean? I was in heaven before. He goes, you were all with me before. And he said, when you were here, you and him were best friends. He said, you were the bestest of friends. But you fell down there and you became the worst of enemies. And he said, I revealed this glory to you. Will you go? And I remember I stood up in my room and I was like, I, I got this. I'll go. I walked out of that church 10 years before, and I was like, you'll respect me. I will never walk in here again. You'll come in here dragging. You'll come in here begging for forgiveness. Your ministry won't be fulfilled till you come back dragging. You're a liar. I'm not. I'm leaving, and I'm never coming back. But you see, the devil's a liar. When God pulls you out of a place, God will bring you back to that place to restore it. Doesn't mean you're going to be with that person. It doesn't mean you're going to do ministry with that person. It doesn't mean you're going to be on earth best friends altogether. No. It means you're bringing heaven to them. You will feed the very people that plotted against you. The very people that wounded and crushed you. You will feed them. And not like, I told you I was going to feed you. If that's your attitude, you don't know what forgiveness is yet. It's when it's humble. Like, no, you're my brother. I was molested at the age of four. And in 2014, God took me to take care of to New Jersey again after I lived in Florida for seven years. And God told me, go take care of, of your molester. When your heart is broken for the person that broke you, you discover the kingdom of heaven. You discover, and it's, it, there's no words. But my heart broke, and I begged God to heal her, to restore her, and God did it. And God told me, ask her for forgiveness. God told me to ask my molester for forgiveness. Think about it. Wait, but, but you got hurt. But they hurt you. They're the ones that had something against you. And the Lord says, when you're going to give your offering, if you know your brother has something against you, go to them. Ask them for forgiveness. Right? Like asking for forgiveness doesn't mean you were wrong. That's not what it means. That's not what it means. It means you want God to save them. And that you'll stand in the gap for them. And through that humbleness and through that love, there is healing and there is restoration. And it'll take a while. It took me a long time. And sometimes it takes me a long time. And God healed her. And God healed my heart from hate. She molested me, but I didn't know. He goes, you know why you need to ask her for forgiveness? Because you've hated your whole life. Me? When God tells you, you could tell anybody else, like, me, not me. But when you hear God, and God goes, this is what you did? Yes, master. <laughs> You're the truth. We don't need to be like, Peter, no, not me. That was the problem with Peter. Peter, the author of the book, is talking to you, Peter. He's the author. Everything the disciples did, you know why Jesus told them they were going to do it? Because it was written. It was written in eternity. That's what we don't realize. These stories, all our lives were already written in eternity. And we're, we're the characters walking through the story. The author of the book came inside the book. And he's like, and you will run like cowards. And you will deny me before the rooster crows. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I wrote the book, bro. <laughs> so that's why as soon as the rooster crowed the third time, he already done it. And that's why when he was on the cross, he ran. It wasn't because they were cowards. It's just the way that it was written. 
There were things that were written, challenges we have to go through. Because as we go through these challenges, we mature into the children of God. We mature to the people. We are children of God, but we mature into who we are in eternity. And there's an alignment that happens. You discover who you are. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, cool. I thought I was lost, but I was found. (laughs) And then you see your reflection. And all of a sudden you start becoming who you always were. That's all it is. It's really, really beautiful. Anyways, I'm going to go skip this. If you ever want to sit and go through this and just read it. So there was this one scene. And these are like, dude, I have not remastered these. These are like just how big I saw God. And like he was so big that the sun was one eye and the moon was the other eye. And then the mountains were his mustache and the waters were his mouth. I know it's like deep stuff. I mean, and maybe that's just the way that I see it. You could take it as you want. <laughs> Some people be like, praying, playing. Don't think too much because I see, I see message bubbles over your heads. <laughs> I always say that at, at my campus. And I'm like, you just thought this. You just thought that. They're like, oh, my God. It's like a comic. But remember, he's an author. So you realize he's an author. This is a story. You'd be surprised where the words pop up. <laughs> I'm telling you. So it was funny because here I was, in, I, I was seeing the glory and I saw the upside down kingdom. This is the upside down kingdom. So I saw the right side up kingdom. Like when you look at a pool, when you look at a pool or a body of water, like the palm trees are growing up, right? And then here they're going down. I would have drawn it here, but it's okay. Um, and when I saw that, it's the opposite. And this is one of the best mysteries that God has shown me. This world is the opposite to God's kingdom. He says, your ways are not my ways and your thoughts are not my thoughts. As far as the the heavens are from the earth, that's how far my thoughts are from you. But that's when when Jesus came, if you notice, did Jesus just heal the, the sick to heal the sick? No, it's not just to heal. It wasn't just to be like, ooh, I'm the guy. No, he's literally establishing the kingdom of heaven. Let's say this is the kingdom. He's bringing it here. He's just bringing it here. You see, in heaven, there's no sick. So if you're from heaven and you enter a place where people are sick, what are you going to do? Heal. In heaven, there's no blindness. Everybody sees. So if you go to a place where there's blind people, you got to give them sight. In heaven, everybody hears. But on earth, because it's the broken upside down kingdom, not everybody hears. So he restores the hearing. The lame can't walk. But when Jesus comes in, they start walking. Right? The dead are dead. But when Jesus comes in, then there's life. Jesus said, let the poor say, I am rich. He said, let the weak say, I am strong. Because here you see yourself weak. But when you come out of physical and you enter spirit, you're strong. So he's just letting you know, even in here, even inside earth, even inside your circumstance, even inside the situations you're going through, declare what eternity declares. You know, he makes mountains into valleys. He makes valleys into mountains. He makes deserts into rivers. And he makes rivers into deserts. Tell me he's not doing the opposite. He says the captives, free. The bound, free. Everything he's doing. And you could keep going and going. We were slaves. But what is the opposite of a slave? A king, a child, 
right? That's why he says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Here we were enemies of God. But when we leave the upside down kingdom and we enter the right side up kingdom, we're friends. Here we were last. But here we are first. So what are we doing? We're bringing the kingdom of heaven into earth. Right? He turns your garments of heaviness into garments of praise. Because when you heavy, you can't praise. He takes your sadness and makes it gladness. You see, your joy, uh, the oil of mourning for oil of gladness. So if you start going through scripture, you're like, it's really fun. Because you literally see the opposite. What's happening is the opposite. He's contradicting everything the enemy told us. He's contradicting. That's why he's, the Lord is truth. But the enemy is the Lord of lies. The enemy's in darkness. But God brings us into marvelous light. He's only shifting and switching everything that we kneel. Everything. That's why he turns water into wine. And that's what he does. That's what he does. He takes lack and multiplies it. And it's a simple fact. Like people just look at it like individual miracles. I look at it as his might. He is just contradicting the lies of this world. That's why he takes the foolish things to confine the wise. Right? Because he's, again, everything we think is the opposite in God's eyes. And it's so beautiful because then we discover our pain. I was abandoned by my real mom. I had a stepmom, and growing up, she wasn't that nice. You know? God's restored relationships, so I'm not saying this out of bitterness. I'm saying this out of encouragement. And sometimes risky, right? Like, how much do you share because you don't want things to get out or bring shame? But the reality is I need to share this because God is going to redeem some relationships in your life. If you had a stepmother or stepfather that wounded you or hurt you, even a father or a mother that abandoned you, I declare a season of restoration. And if they already went to be with the Lord, it's okay. Because when you step into eternity, you'll see. You're going to get a chance to redeem those moments. And you'll see that you were never abandoned. The enemy tells you you're abandoned. God's like, no, I'm your father. Oh, everybody left me. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm going through this fire. I'm going to die. Though you walk through the fire, you will not get burned. See, because fire in this realm burns. But in the spirit realm, it doesn't burn. It purifies. Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the glory of the Lord. He was high and lifted up. And the train of his rope, the train of his rope filled the temple. And the seraphims are crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the whole earth is full. Come on, here, here. Full of his glory. We'll be here, God, send your glory. Hello. Just as oxygen fills every empty space. The glory of God is filling every empty space. So many times we come to church and we're saying, God, speak. We're wrong. God is still speaking. God has never stopped speaking. Creation would have ceased to exist. It's not God speak. It's God, let us listen. Open our ears. It's not God open your mouth. It's open your ears to hear what the spirit of God is saying. It's not God open your mouth so we can hear what God is saying. It's open our ears. We're, you see how we keep blaming God? 
Which goes back to what I was saying. We've been reading the Bible from the perspective of rebellion, rebellious children. Any parents in the house? Any parents raised uh, teenagers? Are they rebellious or what? Right? You tell your kid, you tell your kid, this is my house. If you want to do whatever you want, you're going to have to do it somewhere else. And what they go tell people, my mom kicked me out. Your mom didn't kick you out. Your mom is establishing rules. Oh, I ran away because they don't let me do whatever I want to do. That's right. Come back, Adam. <laughs> Maybe Adam didn't get kicked out. Maybe Adam ran away. And he's giving the story of God from a rebellious perspective. And we've been listening to the rebellious. And then God said Moses. God said Moses. But we're listening to the Israelites. Because they kept the word. Moses went. Moses. People say Moses didn't go to the promised land. Moses went to the promised land. You think the promised land was an earthly land? You really think the people think it was earthly? I still got time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got, I'm looking at that time. I don't I'm trying to flow so much away. I think God gave them a promise because they refused to go up the mountain. They got, I, think, I think when they go up to the mountain, hey, what did Martin Luther King say when he went to the mountaintop? He says, I've been to the mountaintop and I've seen the glory of the Lord. I thought we were going to listen to Martin Luther King's speech. That man knew he was going to pass away. God reveals to his prophets. There's nothing God wouldn't do that he wouldn't reveal to his prophet. Martin Luther King was not a politician. He looked like a politician on earth. That man was a prophet on the face of the earth. If you listen clearly with the ears of the spirit to his last message, listen to it. He says, I thought we were going to make it together. But we're not going to make it together. He knew he was going to make it first. He said, I've been to the mountaintop and I've seen the glory of the Lord. Next day, he gets killed. That was his last speech. God told Moses, bring him to the mountain. Bring him to the mountain. Not one, not 12, not a thousand. God wanted all the people to come up to the mountain. What would have happened if the whole tribe of people would have gone up the mountain? I always wonder. Rebellious people. I'm a leader, trust me. You deal with rebellious people. You tell people to do one thing, they'll refuse to do it the way that you ask them to do it. They'll still want to put their touch on it and do it that much differently. You're like, do it this way. They're like, no, I'll do it this way. And I'm like, I do feel like punching you in the face, but I'm not going to. <laughs> but but you, people, you see, rebellious people don't know they're rebellious. Only when you become a parent, then you're like, oh, mama, I'm sorry. <laughs> then you get your own kids. You're like, oh, God, why are they doing this to me? And God's like, remember <laughs> you know like everything you did is i was like mom i'm sorry i'm like and that's why abraham don't want no kids <laughs> god jesus but i became a pastor so jesus christ help me you know but that's what it is i always wonder what would have happened if they would have gone up what would happen if the church would really obey what would happen if the church would walk in the fullness of the glory of god we go we keep going oh we want your glory we should even stop praying we want the glory because the glory is there. We should pray, God, we want the knowledge of the glory. The whole earth is full of the glory. In the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 6, it declares that the whole earth is full of his glory. So it's not the glory of God that's coming. It's the knowledge of the glory of God that's coming. It's the consciousness. We're going to be like, look, guys, the glory of God was here the whole time. We're the ones, and the glory's not coming. We're coming. 
He says, are you hungry? Come. Are you thirsty? Come. Are you willing? Come. We're trying to have everybody come, but God's calling us to go. That's what it is. Whom shall I send? Whom shall go? And if you want to see glory, you want to see heaven, you're going to prophesy. You will not see heaven and you will not see glory and be silent. I don't believe that anybody that went, oh, I went to the glory. And you're silent. Lies. <laughs> no. I was the gay kid clubbing, smoking, drinking around, and I saw the glory of God. And this mouth can't shut up. And it's not because I was perfect. I was away from God. And God met me in my brokenness. And he just started doing things. And even though I was trying to dabble in the world, it didn't satisfy. It didn't heal. That's crazy. Let me tell you something. I, I wasn't going to post it on Facebook. I'll, I'll be bold to say it here, even though it's going to be documented, whatever. Literally 25 years ago, I lost my virginity tonight at some crazy club hookup. 25 years ago, the night that Princess Diana died. Okay? And I thought I was going to go to hell. I thought I was lost. I thought I had HIV. Okay? I was suicidal. I moved to Florida to end my life because I was like, if I'm going to die, I'm not going to die in front of my family. I left escaping from my life. And I ended up encountering the king of glory. And 25 years later, that was I was 19 years old. I'm 44. So 25 years ago, and tonight I'm speaking about heaven. Okay, that alone is such a powerful testimony. God took my sin. You want to talk about the, the opposites? I'm alive. 25 years ago, I thought I was going to die. I am healed. I was never sick. It was the devil attacking my mind. I was depressed, and now I'm full of joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. Because that is the God that we serve. I know I'm not just speaking it because I, I read it um, uh, or because I was taught. I walked away from the teachings. I threw everything away. I was like, I'm done. I experienced firsthand the love of God. I'm every day with my leaders, with the people, with this church, I am constantly reminded that I am experiencing the love of God. And when the trials come and the tribulations come, it's like, it's okay. It's okay because if you delivered me when I didn't know you, if you delivered me when I was in sin and wickedness, if you delivered me when I was your enemy, dude, you're my friend. I know he already called me friend. I remember, and I'll get this be the last one because I want to do something. I remember years ago when God started telling me to give my testimony. My old church in New Jersey didn't want me to give my testimony. They saw shame in my testimony. But God was trying to teach me that there was glory in my testimony. I don't care what you did in your past. I don't care what you've been through, how bad you messed up. There is glory. You know Jesus? Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Is Jesus, did Jesus redeem you from hell and grave? Then let me tell you something. There is power in your testimony. There is power. It's not just heaven stories. Your story is a heaven story. Because it's God coming in to the upside down kingdom. God came into your upside down life and made it right side up. Maybe you're not where you think you should be, but you're not where you used to be. I'm not the great I am, but by the grace of God, I am who I am. The great I am is in work in me. The great I am is in work in you. We could talk about heaven forever, but this is heaven. This is heaven being manifest. Your story is heaven manifesting on earth. So there is no shame in that.
And I was called F-A-G, fag, by many believers. They didn't want to hear my story. And one night I was crying in my room and an angel came to my room. And this is not a affirming message. This is a delivering message, a healing message. So we can understand the pain that all our brothers and sisters are going through. Your story doesn't look like mine and mine doesn't look like yours. But we all been cursed. We all been shamed. We all been told not to give our real story. And God's like, oh, there's power in your story. There is power in your story. If you would just dare give a little bit, you're going to be like, see a trickle of the river. And be like, a little bit more. And all of a sudden, it's going to be waterfalls coming out of you. And you'll be like, I can't stop. I need to tell the world. Then all of a sudden, you'll catch yourself writing blogs, writing books, going places, telling the world your story. Amen? And that day, the angel of God came into my room. It was in 2005. My whole room lit up. And I, I fell asleep crying. I was on this side, like fetal, facing the wall. And the angel came right here, and he said, you're no longer a fag. So I could say fag because the angel said fag. He said, <laughs> like, yeah, because the angel said fag. He goes, you're no longer a fag. You're a fog. What? And I turned around. I sat in my bed. And I was like, what? A fog? Like, what is this? And he was all polite. He was like, yes, you are a fog because you are a friend of God. And then I woke up. When I woke up, I was sitting on my bed. I was in the same position. Like, I thought it was a dream, but I was, I was there. I was like, what's happening? I used to get so scared. I still get scared with the spiritual stuff because all of a sudden you feel like you're leaving your body. Like, am I dying? God's like, no, you're living. You know? I'm like, well, living seems scary. And he's like, dying was worse. You know? Like, but that's how it is. <laughs> he's very animated. The Lord is funny. He got so many jokes. He's so loving. I mean, if you guys want to go through it, I know we didn't even go through much. I mean, we did, but just not in order. Um, but there was this one part. I'm like looking at time. Oh, time. <laughs> Let me just skip here. This, is, this drawing right here is really awesome. That little teeny tiny guy next to Jesus is me. I always tell people I don't do art. These are just photographs from heaven, you know. And when he took me here, um, he got out of his room. So... So I was at the golden door, and there were angels around me. And this angel goes, such different lives, such different stories. And he goes, what was it like to cry? What was it like to worry? And I was like, can we go into the doors? Can we simply go inside? And then he goes, there is a line. You must wait. And, I, and he goes, hey, don't give me why, because guess what I did? I was like, why? I want to go in. And then he goes, you all will get your turn. You all will have special time to sit on daddy's lap. To completely feel his embrace. Soon you will see him laughing. Soon you will see his face. And then I was allowed to go in. I did it as stick figures, but if you come by, you'll see it. I'm just like, I've missed you, Jesus. And he's like, Why? I was always there. I'm like, What? <laughs> you know, you'll be surprised. You're like, I, you know, and then he got up from his throne and he started walking me around and he was everywhere. Like we went to this garden, but when I, it's almost like, you know, if you wear glasses, you have a smudge. No matter where you look, the smudge is there. Like right now, I have smudges in my glasses, and I see them everywhere. But so that's how it feels in heaven. Like Jesus is so caught up in your vision that no matter where you look, Jesus is there. And I could see him in the sun, in the sidewalks, in the butterflies, in the trees, in the clouds. It was, it, everything is him. It's so beautiful. And then, um, he um he was he told me he gave me this poem, but it's really our conversation. So if you have imagination, you'll see the back and forth of this. Maybe it's a play. I don't know. That just came to me. It goes, 
He goes, it was I that made the flowers grow. And then I go, you were in rain and you were in the snow. When you made the cold, it was your touch that gave us chills. It was your breath moving the windmills. It was my hands under the ground, causing the trees, the flowers, and the wheat to grow. And I worked silently and didn't make a sound. And then that's like the flowers growing and his hand is in the bottom. You can come see it. And then he goes, I am the one making you grow. I am the one pushing you up. That's why you can't run. That's why you can't give up. Now I live in your inside, in your most inner being. The things that you were not thinking of or even conceiving. That I am working much deeper within you. I am working. I am working in your heart, mind, and even the smallest cell. I'm working in your sight, hearing, even your smell. Let me just skip here. I'm going to just go to this poem that it's here somewhere. So I was in the glory. And then I go, God's glory is all around me. God's glory is in the air. God's glory is all over me, even in my hair. <laughs> well, there I have, I must have hair, right? <laughs> I have little follicles. <laughs> God is here and God is there. God is now. God is everywhere. God in the sky. God in the star. God is close by and God is afar. God is in yesterday. In the tomorrow, God is today. God when all are present and when all have gone away. You remained when I was clean. You remain, you remain when I played in the mud. You remained with me in the fire, and you remained with me in the flood. God, so faithful, my eternal friend, you were with me in the beginning, and now you are with me in the end. You know, and I have so much other moments. If you go through it, you'll just see me. It makes me want to cry because when I see these pictures, I know that they're just not art. I know that when people see them, they think it's art. But I know that it's not art. I know that he gave me a gift so I could remember my moments with him. And he's giving you a gift so you could remember your moments with him. So stop holding back your gift because your, God, your gift, your gift is working for you. Your gift is constantly reminding you of the love of God. And if you stop flowing in your gift, then how will you be reminded you are also a reminderer of God's love. You were chosen to remind the world of Papa's love. So, and I was really afraid. I promise this is my first time sharing this in a church. I've been a pastor for three years. I've never brought this journal to the church. So I know that even in me, by reading that book, um, Revealing Heaven, I feel permission to be me. And I want to give you permission to be you. Whether it's your song. So many of you have songs that you sing to God when you're alone. And God wants you to sing those songs. Even if you croak like a frog, it's okay. <laughs> the croaking is a song. Because uh, we tell that to God. We tell, well, I croak. I'm not good. Maybe, you don't, you, maybe you're not meant to lead worship, but you're meant to sing his song. And you shouldn't be afraid to release your song. If you play an instrument, play it. 
play it. If you read music, then buy some mu charted music. Well, I don't play by ear, so I can't play at church. Go buy some musical papers. Go on Google. Be like, how you love me, how great thou art, piano, key of C, and then you go. And then playing church by playing. We could create a symphony in church. We could create a choir. We could create a worship team. We could create a bakery if we wanted to. We could create an art studio. All things are possible for us because of Christ. It's through us. Amen? I just love this one when me at the feet of Jesus, you know, and this is the moment that he told me I had to come back to earth, you know, and I always remember that moment because I cried a lot when he told me, Abraham, we got to go back. I was like, no, I made it. But he said I had to come back. But here I am. And now I, I want to go to heaven, but not yet. I don't want to go home yet. So the Bible says that in these earthen vessels, there is a great uh, treasure. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this class of Revealing Heaven. Do you feel like heaven was revealed? Yes. You know, sometimes we in religion, we are taught to be very emotional. If there's no shouting, jumping, speaking in tongues, then nothing happened. But it's the opposite. If you remember the, ex the explanation that I gave, it's the opposite. It's in the stillness. When we are still then we find out he's God. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. And may the Lord give you peace today and forever. Amen. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.